because I teach presence and this is something people think you have or you don't, but presence is something that you can really grow so that others feel you tangibly when you walk in a room, when they hear your voice. But vocal presence in particular has this quality of strong presence. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 374. And today you're going to discover the vocal secrets that move millions with influence and impact. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspiring entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier to expert-based entrepreneurs and business leaders ready to reach five and six-figure months. Now, today, we're talking about how to use your voice in a very impactful way. And I've got an amazing guest that's going to be joining us in a minute. Before we get into that, I just want to bring to your awareness the importance of monetizing your visibility of not just being able to make an impact with your stories, with your message, even with your energy, because that's super important. We're going to learn about that today. But to also have a strategy that moves your audience to work with you in a very intentional way. Because if we just use our message to inspire people and we don't really move them into working with us in some way, then we've only done half the job. Like inspiration's important, but we want to be able to help them reach the outcomes that we're uniquely qualified to to help them with. And this is where my million dollar visibility framework comes in handy, is really understanding the puzzle pieces, the the elements that don't just pique people's interest, but actually get them to raise their hand and say, how do I work with you? So if you'd like my framework as my gift to you, head over to amplifywithmillie.com and download the million dollar visibility framework and discover how to not just move millions, not just how to, how to like use your message for good in the world, but to actually help people achieve extraordinary outcomes and get paid well to do it. Okay, amplifywithmelanie.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, amplifiers. I hope you're ready. Get a pen and a paper out because we're going to learn how to move millions with your voice. We're going to tap into some vocal secrets to speaking with influence and impact. And my special guest, Jonathan Bender, is here to help reveal some of his trade secrets, if you will. Now let me give him the special official introduction. Jonathan Bender uh, is has helped thousands of coaches, executives, performers, and professionals over the last 27 years to transform their confidence and speaking skills to become authentic and dynamic speakers who change lives. His work blends professional speaking skills with performance techniques, acting, voice and empowerment, spiritual growth and personal development. And Jonathan holds a graduate degrees in both communication and theater. And this was a cool fact that I learned about him. He's a theater director, actor, solo performer and spoken word poet. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm so glad I learned something new about you in this moment. Well, thank you for having me here. 
Okay, so when was the last time you did spoken word poetry? I did uh, an event, uh, a reading a few months ago, reading some of my newer work. That was not too far from where I live. That was a, a great event. But I, I write and I do things all the time. Yeah. Love it. Have you done one of the, what do they call it? Like not a mashup, but a grand slam. What do they call that thing when, when people are kind of like rapping? Yes. Have you done one of those? Oh yeah. I used to do those. I won competitions in them and, and had fun with that. So, but if you like, I could do a one minute piece for you. Ooh. Okay. Can we hold that to the end? That could be a little bonus. Yeah, sure. All right, cool. All right. I'm going to put that at the end. So, uh, um, that man, that's going to be so fun. So now you have to listen to the whole thing to be able to hear his one minute little spoken poetry slam. So we're going to do our own mini poetry slam. Is that how we say it? Yeah, it's not officially a slam. It's a spoken word. There's a little bit of a difference. One is like intense and fast paced. And this is yeah. a little more easier to understand in here. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. Well, whatever you're going to do, it's going to be magical. So I can't wait. Okay. That's going to be fun. So oh, you never know what kind of new things are going to emerge on the Amplifier Success Podcast. <laughs> well, let's get into the magic of what you're doing with your um, work in the world. And I just, I have just been so intrigued by your work. I mean, we've known each other online for quite some time, but we've recently got to know each other better. And one of the things that you and I start talking about, which I think really led to us bringing this conversation here today is like, there's a lot of very powerful people who have a really big mission and they are not showing up powerfully with their voice. Why do you think that is? Gosh, there's a bunch of reasons, but I think the first thing that happens is that a lot of people will focus a lot more on what they say than how they say it. Mm. No. There still are a lot of issues around how to formulate your message in a clear and compelling way. And something that you have to watch out for, by the way, is to make sure that it's done in a manner that is truly compelling. And so be careful of who you learn from, because sometimes, to very honest, there are a lot of coaches who teach like how to craft a signature talk, who've learned from another coach, who have learned from another coach. And then they're up there giving their talk and not knowing why it's not compelling. So you do have to really focus on the words. However, we also know that nonverbal communication is a large percentage of what we communicate. So there is a common statistic that you might hear cited a lot, which says that 93% of communication is nonverbal. It's not true. So it's actually a misinterpretation of a, of a study. However, it is 50 to 80%. So it's at least half of what you're saying. And that if you're not focusing on how you show up, then that's going to betray you. And there are several reasons why that is. And the first is that you might be nervous or uncomfortable. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we're nervous, we are in the freeze response, the fight, flight, freeze response. Our work is very somatically based. And that means that if we are in that response, in addition to having things happen like dry mouth or heart beating through our chest or shaking or all those things we start to worry about the audience seeing, is that you also have constriction of your muscles around in your neck, which will make your voice sound higher or tighter or cause uh 
vocal fry and or other types of things that will not have your voice sound powerful. And if you don't have some clear vocal training, not just standard public speaking training, training, but vocal training to have a stronger, more powerful voice, as well as doing the somatic work and the inner work to be able to transform that, then your nonverbal communication may not have you sound like the expert that you are. Yes. I have been on the receiving end of that. <laughs> I think I've been on both sides of this, to be honest. I, I, I struggle with this a lot, especially in the early days. And I am a very shy person by nature. And I, I look back on some of those moments and go, oh, what I didn't know, right? And I, I guess before we move on, I, as you're talking, I just got so curious. We, we may or may not realize how our voice is being experienced by others, but what do you think happens when an audience or a, a person is hearing somebody not in their most confident and powerful voice? Like what is the experience the audience might be having? Well, it's very interesting because first of all, you might feel confident, but your voice does not sound confident. Mm. And all of nonverbal communication has an effect on the audience. Now they won't know why they're being affected. It's not like they're going to be able to notice things that I'm going to notice and say like, oh, they're, having hold they're holding too much tension in their neck and that's affecting their voice a certain way. They're going to be like, uh, I just am not interested or turned off. And the turned off feeling especially might happen for someone who is forcing it. And this is really common where it's like, hi, it's great to be here and I'm here and I'm expressing myself and I'm trying to sound confident. But what's happening, what you notice underneath what I just showed is that there's a level of physical tension. And that when we're forcing it through this tension, it comes off as really awkward and weird, even if you might feel confident, you might be forcing it. So they're going to react to what you're doing with your body language and with your voice, but they won't know why. They're just going to be compelled or turned off from how you're speaking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and I got to bring something up here because you did a great post on social media a week or two ago about transitions and how, and again, this may or may not be part of what you're teaching us today, but I, I really think for me, this is one of the things that will completely disrupt my rapport with a speaker is when they're using a lot of these, um, I, I call them abrasive transition statements. I think that I think this is how many of us were in our head and we're kind of trying to remember or this is our natural speech pattern, but they're, I think they're very, they can be a big turnoff to people if, if, especially if there's a lot of them. Oh, you mean filler words? Filler words. Yeah. You call them filler words, right? What oh, are some of those common filler words that people are leaning on too heavily and how is that impacting the way their audience is experiencing them? Sure. So there's, um, uh, you know, like, or elongating your words. <laughs> I do that one all the time. <laughs> My one that I start off with sometimes is so. And mm -hmm. what happens when we have fillers is that, well, you can think of this, is that communication is an exchange of energy. Mm -hmm. 
And if we are direct and we're intentional about that, not overly formal or stiff, but we're, we're direct with our words, then people receive that as a transmission. It's an exchange of energy. However, you can think of it that if we have a filler, it's kind of like I'm speaking here and then we start to wander somewhere else or it basically detracts and takes us off course. So it's going to be less effective. And it's not that you have to get rid of all of them. But if you can take your time to be able to formulate what you're saying on a pause, and by the way, I think of this as a matter of self-respect. Because if you are having an um, filler, then you're not respecting that you actually need to stop and think about what you want to say. I love that you just said that. And and I've become more and more aware of my filler words. And I will be transparent here and say I often go back and edit them or I'll have my editor pull them out if they run across them because I'm annoyed by myself when I catch myself doing them. I, I do the so quite often. And I also catch myself elongating my words because I'm literally processing the next idea as I'm saying it and and realizing, okay, this is annoying. And I think this is about learning, of, like you said, that pause, but also people, when they learn how to deliver a more powerful speaking voice and a more powerful speaking uh, statement, they're going to have more power in that exchange. Tell us a little bit about how we could start to craft a more powerful speaking voice. Sure. So one thing that I'll say too, is that when you get rid of fillers, you start to grow greater vocal presence. Mm. And this is a term that I've really been growing in the past year because I teach presence. And this is something people think you have or you don't, but presence is something that you can really grow so that others feel you tangibly when you walk in a room, when they hear your voice, but vocal presence in particular has this quality of strong presence. And a filler is kind of the opposite of that. It's not that you should never speak informally. Notice I just said, well, kind of that you should speak overly formally or like it's a speech. No, you want to be conversational when that's appropriate. But the quality of vocal presence compels your audience to listen. And I just want to say, before I get into the steps of how you do it, that it's not a hard thing to learn how to change. And when you do, you go from people kind of tuning out or they're interested at first, but then you start to lose them after a little while. And especially if you're doing some sort of talk or workshop or even a consultation where you are offering your services, that if you maintain the same style, people will start to tune out. Or if you just don't have a compelling vocal presence, then you're going to lose them and you're going to lose out on the sale, but you're also not reflecting your true power inside. And so we want your voice to reflect your authority and your aliveness, your presence, and let that be conveyed through your voice. So in terms of how you do this, first of all, there is an aspect of inner work involved. And I say this because the freeze response, when we're looking at that, and the tension where we're holding ourselves back, often there's a relationship between that and some sort of insecurity or doubt or fear of judgment. And so the inner side of it is we learn to relate to ourselves differently, to have more self-compassion, to be able to be our own best support while not being overconfident either. And there are different ways that you have that inner work, but that's often the first step that I highly recommend doing. 
And by the way, with all of this, I just want to clarify that this is a system, that it's not just something like, oh, well, let me do it here and there. These are really clear, specific steps and exercises that you can learn and YouTubing it won't be quite as effective. So step <laughs> one is, is the inner work. And step two is what I call relaxing into confidence. For this, there are a couple of things that come together. And the first is embodiment, starting to like come into your body and also into your breath. Most people do not breathe diaphragmatically, but you did when you were a baby. Meaning a baby can wail really loudly. And it's very rare that you hear or you see a baby with a lot of like tension in their neck, like, eh, unless they're really, really tiny. So they can wail, ha, you were able to do it. But there's a point where as you got older, as a personality developed, as maybe you had some difficult experiences growing up or our voices were suppressed, that we lost that. And coming back into this full, powerful breath well, on a foundation of being totally relaxed is what is crucial. And we learn to relax, to start to let go of the old tension. Now, when we do this, by the way, an interesting side effect is you start to find greater confidence because we are actually retraining your nervous system so that you don't have to hold tension anymore as a type of bracing or self-protection. So there's an overlap in the holistic method I teach. This is how you find your breath support, how you find confidence, presence, and even open up in a greater connection with your audience. The next step after that is about the vocal work itself. And there's two aspects of this. So one, I find a lot of yogis and others who maybe they know how to breathe diaphragmatically. They might be a trained singer. I've worked with a lot of singers who have a great, powerful singing voice, but their speaking voice is still constricted or tight or nasal, and they haven't learned how to incorporate that into their actual spoken voice. So there's a process of where we connect your breath to your voice, and then from there, we integrate it into your spoken voice. And there is an act of working with not just enunciation or pronunciation, but diction. And when I teach this, although it's nice that it doubles as accent reduction, what we are really doing is teaching the true meaning of diction. And what diction truly means is that how you say the words reflects the meaning. So when you bring out the meaning of the words with greater resonance and power and opening up your voice, it resonates in you differently. You can hear the resonance in my voice as I speak because I am trained. And it took me a lot of years to get training and you can get training in months instead of years, which is a nice benefit with the right method. And when it resonates in you, it resonates in your listeners. And they are responding then very positively to your voice saying, wow, I feel them. And not that you should have a deep voice, but it, it want to fully have it resonate in you. So those are the core steps. Now, there is another aspect that goes beyond that, which is to become dynamic. And this is really important if you're going to be leading longer workshops, if you want to be doing keynotes, is that there's a strong foundation you have to get. And this is part of the process of what I call claiming your voice. But then to become a really dynamic speaker, where you learn to work with all the different types of vocal dynamics, pitch, tempo, volume variation, advanced speaking styles, where you can learn to be able to 
keep your audience's rapt attention, to captivate them, to move them. And when you read the room and really tune in, which is essential, you have to have a strong level of connection with your audience. So you're not just performing, but you're really in this conversation with them, even if you're the only one speaking. From that point, you can move the energy, you can feel them, and you know how to put together a talk, a workshop, a presentation, so that it's compelling throughout. And I'll say one word why, which is variation. Ultimately, variation is the key to keeping your audience's attention. And although you have to have that strong foundation, if you wanna become a really dynamic speaker, you need to have the tools to move them and to have lots of different change and variation throughout. Otherwise, they're gonna to start to tune out after a while. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that into it, Jonathan, because I think if you go back and you look at some of the most famous speeches of all time, and I'm sure you have some favorites, I think people would agree they were the ones that moved them. They made them feel something. And they, and I know some of these uh, orators actually got training to learn how to use their voice. And I think there's a lot of information out there about Bill Clinton um, taking a lot of training to learn how to deliver a powerful, dynamic talk. But I, I mean, is that what you're talking about here is like really being able to move people emotionally and energetically and making them feel something? Or did you mean that differently? No, exactly. That's it. And people often think it's only the stories that you're going to be telling that do that. And yes, you have to have good stories. However, if you're not using your voice well, it's not going to have the same impact. If I was here saying, okay, I'm going to tell you this really powerful story, <laughs> it's not going to be as compelling. I'm not sure to make fun of anyone's voice, but anyone can tap into a broader sense of bigger sense of their voice. And when you do, what's also interesting is it actually starts to expand your own sense of personal power. The voice is in the body. I talk about speaking as an embodied act. And so when you're tapping into the core, into even uh, the lower energy centers and chakras, you start to open up your power, open up your heart, and all of that energy starts getting conveyed and transferred and transmitted in new and powerful ways. You know, it's funny. I love that you brought that up, first of all, Jonathan, because um, having been doing talks for 35 years now, I now understand the difference between when I'm in my head and I'm trying to remember what it is that I'm supposed to say. And when I drop into that, what I, what I really consider my soul message and it's coming in this energetic resonance, like I feel the audience interacting with me differently. And it, and it took me a long time to figure out the different energies and I changed a lot about how I give talks so that I can drop into that feeling. <laughs> and I'm just curious, what does it feel like for you when you're in that space inside of your body, when you know you're in that most authentic state, but you're in that powerful state? There's so many things you just said that I can talk about. <laughs> but we're talking about stepping into this place of flow, but in order to do that, there are a number of things that are involved. So it's how do you prepare and practice in the right way? For example, I usually don't recommend having a fully scripted speech. It gets in the way. It's harder to do delivery that sounds really fresh and real. Um, and also it's harder to be in the flow. So if you, but you have to prepare and practice enough so that when you're there, you can be in the moment and feel your audience. So when I am there and doing that, 
it's the most heightened sense of aliveness and deeply tuning it into an audience. And, and I, I have a full plan. I know what I'm presenting. I've practiced, but I'm so deeply connected in the flow. And, and this is one thing I want to say too, is that you might not realize that connection is a secret ingredient to being a truly dynamic and powerful speaker. If you're not, one of two things can happen. You might be over-impacting or under-impacting. So over-impacting is you can think of someone like Tony Robbins and it's high energy and wow, and eventually we're exhausted. Or under-impacting where you've got ideas and you're there, but you're kind of pulled back. Either don't have the tools or maybe there's some shyness and you have to have the tools to impact appropriately and you have to be in that flow of connection. There's two aspects of that. One is interconnection. Of course, you're, we're, we're tuned in, we're receiving. We're not afraid of what's happening because we are in control of the room, even though we're actually also surrendering at the same time to really feeling what's needed. And the other is that you have interconnection. You're really connected with yourself, with your heart, with your body, and attuned with yourself so that you can feel what's needed. Now, I think of this in a holistic way. We're also grounded, connected with the earth. We're connected with something greater than ourselves. We have our right intention in place and we take all of that. We've practiced that enough. So when we step in front of others, we're not going to lose ourselves, which is a very common experience. And we can stay in flow. And by that tuning into ourselves and to others, we can know how to impact appropriately through what we say and through how we say it. Hmm. So powerful. So now I'm really super curious. I have one more question. Um, I want to just drop in here. We've covered a lot of elements and obviously, you know, anyone who's really wanting to be more dynamic and really bring that vocal range to a new level of power, I, I would highly recommend reaching out to Jonathan. He'll, he'll share a resource in a minute, but if there was one thing that someone could start doing right now that could make a huge difference in their impact, in their energy, maybe something they don't even expect would make a difference. What would that be? I would say to begin with interconnection, hmm. connecting with yourself. And this is counterintuitive because we think, oh, I should start off with the vocal work or like, should I start with diaphragmatic breathing? I think, no, start off with this place of self-honoring. And and so I do particular guided practices that are a little longer probably than we'd have time for today. But you can just begin by putting your hand on your heart and really honoring yourself for stepping out there for the vulnerability that is required to truly be present in front of an audience because the only guarantee with something live is that it will go differently than you expect. <laughs> so honoring yourself of bringing your message and your work to more people and from that place of, of self-honoring, and if you can go further and start to grounding and, and fill your body and uh, this broader aspect of interconnection, but from that place, we start to release some of the freeze response that cuts us off from deep connection. And we can then start to step into flow and yeah, you need to learn other tools to be able to be really effective with your voice to be able to make a much bigger impact. But that's the number one place that I would begin. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. So 
Jonathan, uh, assuming that our listener today is enraptured and just can't wait to learn more, <laughs> where's the best place for them to get started connecting with you or, or maybe a resource that would be a good place for them to start? Sure. So one thing that I have, which I've really wondered if I'm giving away too much here <laughs> because it's very thorough, is I created a guide on crafting transformational talks and speaking transformationally. And so you can download this. It's it's free for at least now. Uh, I can't guarantee it's going to be in the future. So I would check it out if you're hearing this. If you go to transformationaltalks.live, then you can download this guide. And it's a very comprehensive approach that will elaborate a lot on a lot of what we've been talking about today. Hmm. And it starts to introduce a little of what I do. I mean, I have foundational programs called Claim Your Voice. I have advanced programs. For speaker the dynamic speaker but that's a good place to start thank you for sharing that uh, transformational talks.live and i will link that up in the show notes just to make it super easy uh, wherever you're listening to this it'll just allow you to click through jonathan this is the time in our conversation that i like to ask some fun questions so people can get to know you a little bit better and then, uh, of course, we're going to do something kind of fun and unique today and wrap up with a sh short uh reading what is the boldest thing you ever did that amplified the success of your business? The most fun thing I ever did? The boldest thing. The boldest thing. Gosh, I think. But I maybe that is fun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I wanted to think of it as fun. But it's. I mean, I remember, I think it was like back in 2011, 12, I really took a, a lot more visibility and went online and held a big online summit at a time when they were still pretty new. And, and so I, I think like that and started launching online courses then and just doing all of it at once was a lot. And that, that mm -hmm. back then we didn't have the same infrastructure online that we do now where it's a lot easier. So that might be one of the boldest steps. Doing doing the big things all at once is, yeah, is what right. I hear you saying. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'm hoping it paid off for you. Uh, it paid off end. very well. <laughs> okay, good. yeah. So I, I guess what I took away from what you just shared is sometimes doing the big bold thing in a rapid fashion, kind of throwing it all out there and going, "I'm doing it all." Uh, it it does move the needle very quickly. So thanks for sharing that. You might have just given some people some courage to do something they've been scared to do. I would also say is that when I re realized, wait a second, why don't I start doing things I love, like spoken word as part of my launches, then that was also a bold choice as well, which also was really fun. I love that you shared that because that just brings this back to the conversation about when you're really in your authentic superpowers, nobody can replicate the way you attract people in. And that's such a perfect example of it. Okay, and maybe this is maybe you just gave us the answer to the second question. Uh, but I always like to ask my guests, "What's one thing you wish you would have done sooner?" Because now you know, it really was going to have a positive impact on your business. It would have been getting uh, business and marketing coaching <laughs> sooner because oh, okay. I've been coaching for several years and kind of stumbling along. And like, why isn't anyone finding me? I'm so good. And and then when I finally started getting a lot of good coaching, like, okay, this is what I what it would have been a good idea to get several years earlier than I did. Hmm. Yes. It's um 
is this is probably the top three answers from our guests is I wish I would have invested in business coaching sooner because it propelled me faster. So uh, thank you for sharing that. And I, I would, I would second that. I, that was definitely one for me, Jonathan. I love this so much and I'm excited to hear you do your short reading as we wrap up today. Before you do that, I just want to remind everybody, um, Jonathan is extraordinary and whether you are using your voice on video and podcasts or you're using your voice on stages or you're a leader who wants to have more influence with your community, I, I highly recommend you check out his work, transformationaltalks.live, and we'll hook up all of his socials and connection points here in the show notes. So Jonathan, I will hand the mic over to you. All right. So this is called Your Roar is Required. Dear sensitive souls, dear introverts and empaths, dear secret bearers of burden, dear wearers of brave faces, dear you who force yourselves to smile and speak, dear you who hide and peek past curtains, dear social media lurkers, dear ambitious aspirants and starry-eyed seekers, your roar is required. Your vociferous voice is valued. Your potent presence is petitioned. You do not need to be certain. You do not have to be loud. You need not bellow over the blatherings of bosses and bullies. We simply ask for your heart and your courage, your vulnerability and your strength, your love and your fire to open further toward their fullness to be with us, to share your roar, not deafening. Speak to us from your soul, voluminous in resonance and presence. Change me, let me feel your voice, bear witness to your light, be illuminated by your brilliance, and as you progress on your path, vibrantly speaking your way into radiance, you inspire my wholeness too. Thank you for your sacred lion thunder. That was amazing. Oh my gosh, that was moving and as you're listening in if you're moved like i moved and that really touched you go give jonathan a big round of applause on your favorite social media tag him in this episode tell him you loved it and give him a bunch of great reviews because this was so awesome jonathan thank you so much for sharing your heart your soul and this powerful body of work with us today oh thank you so much for having me melanie i appreciate it a lot Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 